Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about the Gambit ranking system that was in the Bungie blog and why I'm excited. It looking very, very good for the hobbyist player to have something to grind as well as well as new loot pursuits within the Gambit loot pool. So very excited to see that. I read through all of that. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's the one previous to this. I read through all the details of what it is and why it's great. We're going to transition to Q&A right now. We're hoping the Cade quest happens today. So this is going to give us about an hour and 15 minutes for question and answer before that potentially happens. So let's get to it. First question. Ripta, do you think it's worthwhile to salvage all Masterwork Year 1 Legendary armor before Forsaken given that all year 1 legendary armor will be entirely outclassed by year 2 armor new perks, mods, etc I mean obviously if you're trying to get as many masterwork cores as you possibly can, then yeah, anything in your inventory that you know you're not going to use in Forsaken, sure, yeah get rid of it, shard it, get the, get the cores, stack them up I mean, I have a, a way of getting masterwork cores, I have 1, 2, 3, 4 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I have over 11,000 gunsmith materials that I haven't turned in. That's a pretty good source of masterwork cores. You get a decent amount of guns out of that that would have masterwork that I could dismantle. I have 66 masterwork cores right now. I'm not trying super hard to undercut my future grind, though. I don't want to do too much. I don't want to do too much where I'm... I'm shortchanging my future grind by stacking and, 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 and collecting too many things. Obviously, I play every day, so there's nothing I can do. I have that many ma- I have that many gunsmith materials, and there's literally nothing I can do about having that many gunsmith materials other than just trashing them, which would be stupid. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that, right? That's 110 packs in Forsaken of guns. Like I could get 110 packs from the gunsmith. That's pretty freaking good. That might shortchange some of my grind, but that, I, there's nothing I can do about that. I wouldn't obsess. I wouldn't obsess. I would enjoy the grind once it gets here. 100 bits. Thank you so much for the bits. Let me turn the alerts back on. Um, And thank you for the brand new sub, B-Wolf, a little bit ago. Welcome to the Rageless. Uh, Trev Mack says, What is the best kinetic and energy weapon for PvE? I like the, the best kinetic weapon, I feel, is the Midnight Coup hand cannon from the raid, right? And the best energy weapon... I don't know if you can say there's the best energy weapon, but I think a lot of people would probably gravitate towards the Manananan scout rifle. Uh, and then if they go towards an auto rifle, they would do like the Uriels. The Uriels auto rifle and the Manananan scout are probably the two strongest energy weapons in the game. And then the strongest kinetic weapon is arguably the Midnight Coup. Uh, now, if you're going into PvP, this this question's different, but like the, the question says PvE. So, for PvE, sure, you're not going to be using the Vigi Wing. You're not going to waste the exotic slot in PvE on the Vigilance Wing. Um, now, if you don't want to use a hand cannon, you want to use a scout, the best kinetic weapon for range would be the, the Nameless Midnight. The Nameless Midnight. So, Lionheart. Lono, do you think there will be an exotic gun tied to the Infamy Grind? Also, do you know if there will be random rolls on the Gambit ranks? Uh, the Gambit armor sets, I'm sorry, that you'll be getting set rolls as a reward for certain ranks. No idea. We have no idea. As far as we know, though, whenever you get items in Destiny 2 post Forsaken, they will be randomly rolled. Now, will the Gambit stuff be set? Maybe. Like, if they go, if they go really hard and they give us, like, a cool, a really, really cool perk, you know, on the guns, maybe they'll give us synergistic perks that make sense for Gambit, right? 
or maybe they'll give us synergistic perks that are at their best in Gambit. Well, then, yeah, they'll be statically rolled. Armor, same thing. Like, the perk sets on the armor might be purely for Gambit. And if they're purely for Gambit, like, when it, if you get set armor set perks from, like, the raid, same idea, right? Like, we kind of get that now. You get perks for the armor, and you can kind of pick between them. They may do something very similar. So, we don't have definitive information to answer this. I would be happy with either. If they do synergistic or contextual perks that make you stronger on the guns and the armor for Gambit, that's exciting. If they do random rolls, that's also exciting because you're basically getting you're basically getting the opportunity to just keep grinding and go for the best version. Maybe there's a hand cannon or a shotgun that's going to be way better if you get outlaw on it, or it's going to be way better if you get explosive rounds on it. So... Uh, we're gonna have to wait and see I would be happy with either because it's its own loot pool you want random rolls in the game but you don't necessarily want random rolls everywhere I think they can get away with static rolls in the right environment smaller loot pools things like the raid and gambit could probably get away with static rolls because of the contextual power and the the activity specific synergistic perks that could come out of it XPZ do you think forge weapons will drop with random rolls after every weapon is obtained? Maybe bounties will drop random rolled versions. Do you think forge weapons will drop with random rolls after every weapon is obtained? Maybe bounties will drop. Well, I mean, there's we don't know if the forge the forge isn't going to turn random because those are year one weapons. I don't know if they've answered and said forge weapons are going to be random rolled. I don't think they've said that. I don't think they've communicated that to us. So in my mind. Uh, in my mind, the forge weapons are locked in that DLC as a static roll. Like when you get the Garden Progeny Scout that I'm using right now, or the Null Calamity, it's always going to drop like this. So as far as I know, the forge is not persisting as a source of weapons in in year two, and it's certainly even if it does persist, like you can you can obviously still continue to do it. It's not going to be a source of random rolls in the new mod system. It's it won't. So. Someone in chat says they have confirmed. Confirmed what? I would. I'm not sure what you're referring to. Um, Nova hands. Hey, Lono. Would you like to see the weapon forge on Mercury or something very similar come back and have random rolls? So this person saw the previous question and now they're kind of iterating on it, and that's good. Do you think that would be satisfying source of unique weapons apart from the usual sources? Yeah, sure. Sure. Someone in chat says they've confirmed forges static rolls only. No year two gun will be available in the forge. So there you go. Now, that doesn't mean they can't resurrect the forge later on and say, hey, there's now a grind and random rolls pops out of it. The reason I would be okay with that, that's not any different than grinding a strike for strike-specific loot or the Crucible or Gambit for those if those are randomly rolled as well, right? Well, then why not grind for the forge and, oh, I got this gun without that, right? Oh, I got this gun and I really wanted this. It's the same idea. You're investing time and then it spits out a weapon. It would be a little bit different and I think that'd be cool because it'd be a different grind. You'd be chasing the resources, dumping the resources in. It spits out a weapon. It's not the role that you want. Very similar to when you grinded a strike and used a skeleton key. Uh, It's intentionality and RNG and a good relationship, I think. So they could definitely bring back the forge if they wanted. They're not bringing it back, but they could. 
Trev Mac. I haven't done much reading on it, so I apologize. Are they changing the weapons to be permanently one damage type, or will you be able to change it after Forsaken? The damage type of the weapon will not be changeable. You will not be able to change the element of an energy weapon. You will not be able to change a kinetic to energy. None of that. Like they're gonna that's what they are, that's what they're gonna be. But they're dropping weapons in those slots. So like there will be energy sniper rifles sh- and shotguns uh, and fusion rifles that can go into the traditionally the energy slot, right? There will also be kinetic sniper rifles. Alone as a God is a fantastic sniper rifle from the raid, and it's it's turning into a kinetic weapon. But you're not going to be able to say, oh, I'd like Alone as a God to be an energy weapon, right? You're not going to be able to say, oh, this energy weapon that I got, I'd rather it be solar than arc. You can't do that in year two. It's not going to be an option. However, the weapon system in my mind is far superior because you can basically grind for the god roll. Once you have the god roll, then you invest by putting a mod on it. That mod is a fourth perk. The god roll has three active perks. Then you add a fourth perk with the mod, and then you grind it up to 10 levels of masterwork to get a stat buff on it. There's going to be a great, great mixture of RNG grind and investment grind in the new weapon system, and I can't wait. Don Vino, best advice for deleting items in preparation to Forsaken? I wouldn't delete anything right now unless you absolutely have to if you're out of room. I would hold on to your mods, I would hold on to your guns and your armor. Like, exchanging mods with a gunsmith may be a better turnover rate, who knows? And if everybody's like, nah, delete your mods, get your mod components, you're gonna be singing a sad, sad story if we find out in Forsaken, exchanging mods is a better better, uh, exchange rate. We just don't know. Certain guns will drop with any elemental type. Yeah, I don't know if they're locking in the elements or not. I don't know if they're going to say, oh, this this strike-specific gun's always going to drop void. I don't know if they're doing that. I don't. Um, I'm, I'm going to be curious to if they do that or not. I mean, they're locking in they're locking in the elements on all your year one stuff, right? It's going to be locked into whatever you leave it as. And then whenever you pull it from the collection, it'll have a set element. Like, the Escalation Protocol shotgun will always be void. Always. Uh, Fudge742, what do you think a hobbyist player investment in Gambit as opposed to other game modes will be percent-wise? It depends on what the loot. Depends on what the loot is, right? The the, the loot's going to drive it. Because if, if, if the right loot is in there, then the people will say, I'm going to go for it. If the loot's ho-hum or nobody really cares, then I don't know people, I don't know people are going to grind it all that much. But if you look at that ranking system and you look at those levels and you're like, oh my gosh, like this looks amazing. I want to go get this stuff. I think people will do, they'll, they'll be in there daily. They'll be in there weekly. There's daily bounties. There's weekly bounties. Once you hit level 50, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be exactly what we've wanted. It's an NPC where rank matters and ranking up gets you cooler stuff. We've been saying that since like October. We've been saying that since October. Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. If you guys are listening to this, the EP Shoddy and Sniper will not be void. I left a word out. They will not be void. They will be solar. I misspoke. The point I was making is that the we- the elements are getting locked in and I misspoke. My apologies. It's not void to prevent you from using the Escalation Protocol shotgun alongside of the tractor cannon and having a broken DPS build. It will be solar. Those two guns will not be void. Void will not be available. Sorry, I misspoke for the sake of clarity I said that many times just now the right way <laughs> Seeker Ghost you think Gambit will count as PvP for someone who wants to complete the weekly Shaxx bounty and steps for the broadsword no it will 100% with certainty not count towards PvP 
Valor, Glory, and Infamy are separate ranks, separate NPCs. Well, no, I guess Crucible is one NPC. Valor, I'm sorry, Infamy and the Drifter. A Drifter's its own NPC. It's its own rank. It's its own loot pool. It will not affect PvP. No. If you go get a Crucible bounty and it says kill 10 Guardians, capture 10 control points, you're going to have to go into Crucible for that. 100%. 100%. They're, um, they're, they're not going to do that. Next question, uh, half dog. What types of random rolls do you think armor will have? I don't know if there's going to be like random rolls on armor. I think there's going to be potential perks on armor, right? I want reload perks. I want to farm for a pair of gauntlets that have reload on my favorite primary. If I'm running around with a hand cannon, dead gummit, I want to grind for a pair of gauntlets with hand cannon reload. If I'm running around with an auto rifle, etc. Like, if I like going into Gambit with an auto rifle, and I like going into the raid with a, with, with a hand cannon, that's the gauntlet that I'm going to chase. I'm going to have a build and a loadout for, for, for Gambit. Auto rifle reload, right? Oh, Gambit, I use a rocket launcher. And then when I go into... Um, then when I go into the raid, I use... Maybe they make linear fusions really, really good. So let's say when I go into the raid, I use linear fusion. I'm going to want increased reload on my hand cannon primary, boots that give me more linear fusion ammo, things like that. Oh, when I go into Gambit, I use a rocket launcher and an auto rifle. Okay, I'm going to want gauntlets from Gambit that give me increased reload with an auto rifle, and then I'm going to want boots that give me increased ammo capacity with rocket launcher. This is how you create grind. This is it. That's what you, that's what that you, that's what you want. Oh, the fact that they remove perks from armor, it just, oh, just thinking about it gives me heartburn. I'm glad, I'm glad perks are returning because that's what you end up doing is you build, you build a loadout. You, you perfect your, your kit. That's fun. That's intentionality. That's your own personalization, landing on what you choose to use and how long you choose to chase it. That is rewarding. That's what you want, man. Trev Maxi says, it's being said that many weapons are not going to be available after Forsaken comes out. Is that true? And what are those weapons should we be trying to do if we don't have them? All right, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are getting caught up into thinking about, oh, I need a Mananan. I need a Mananan with every element. I need this gun with every element, right? You're not going to use year one weapons beyond Forsaken. I just don't think you're going to. You're going to get an auto rifle that drops. It's going to have three active perks instead of two. There's going to be a mod slot. There's going to be the opportunity to take it up 10 levels of masterworks. There's literally no way that you're going to be using year one stuff. There just isn't. It's mathematically inferior. If you want to, you can. If you just absolutely cannot part with your midnight coup, you can infuse it up and you can keep on using it. The guns are not going away. They're going to stop dropping. You're not going to be able to go and get a better a better devils from year one. Now, some guns are persisting and will drop with the new system of mods and random rolls, and the better devils is one of them. But you're not going to be able to go grind strikes and hope to get, uh, or or grind the gunsmith and hope to get a year two Uriel's gift. I don't know if the year I don't know if the Uriel's gift is persisting. Let's say that it's not, right? 
or let's just use an example that we know isn't. So the Null Calamity is a forge weapon. It's this auto rifle right here. It's a weapon from Curse of Osiris DLC and from the forge. You're not going to be able to go grind the forge and keep spitting out Null Calamities and hoping to get random rolls in a year two system. If you love the Null Calamity, you can infuse it all the way up to 600. But the Null Calamity is not going to persist as a dropped gun with the new system. It just isn't. They're not doing that. They're not going back and retroactively changing all these weapons. You're going to be chasing the new stuff. You're going to be chasing... There's guns and gear in the Blind Well. There's guns and gear in Gambit. There's going to be new guns and gear in the Crucible, in the Raid, new Strike-specific loots. All the NPCs and all the planets will probably have new armor sets and new gear to chase. I I would think. That's what you're going to be setting your sights on. I just, you're not going to be setting your sights on the old stuff. Silos 2K. How many weapons do you think the raid should offer? I felt like Leviathan didn't offer enough. It should offer every weapon. Every weapon. If it's a weapon in Destiny, it should be, there should be a version of it in the raid. And breaking off weapons and saving them for the layers was a mistake. They shouldn't have done it. When I go and run a layer and the only two weapons I can get are a shotgun and a grenade launcher, that's that's pretty freaking thin. That's pretty freaking thin for endgame content. Uh, you want people replaying your raid layers? Then put an entire loot pool in there, dead gummit. Why should I want to grind for new raid guns? Put a perk on it. This gun gets quicker reload and increased mag size inside this raid layer that it dropped from. Sweet. I now have an entire loot pool of things to chase. Instead of being like, oh, I got the two weapons, I'm done. That would be my feedback on how they should do the raid. Now, listen, listen, doing that in, in me asking for that, I'm not asking for you to dilute the weapons, right? There were weapons in the King's Fall raid that were absolute garbage. They were just trash weapons, trash. Well, we had a fusion rifle in there. Yeah. And it was bad. Nobody cared for it. Why would I use that gun? There were better fusion rifles in the game. This is where contextual power is so, so important. So, so important because, because here's the dilemma. Okay. Here's the dilemma. On the one hand, people will request that a raid gun and raid encounters should drop pinnacle gear. I agree with that. That starts to get really problematic if the raid has the best hand cannon, auto rifle, scout rifle, pulse rifle, fusion rifle, grenade launcher, rocket launcher, sniper rifle, hand cannon, sidearm. If every single gun's pinnacle version, like if every single, if the, if the pyramid of the, of the, of the weapon system, LMG, all of it, it's all in the raid. That's problematic. That means anybody that grinds the raid, then that's what they're going to use. And then your PVE weapon pyramid gets pretty thin and pretty predictable. Contextual power changes the game. Here's a bunch of pinnacle hand cannon. Here's a bunch of pinnacle gear. Here's a hand cannon, auto rifle. Here's all this stuff. And they're pinnacle. They're fun. They're awesome. They're unique. They're strong. And they are at their best in the raid. They're at their best in the raid. So if you can't get the raid hand cannon, you're not going to lose sleep and be like, well, this is dumb. That's the best hand cannon ever. That's the only hand cannon worth going for. Well, what if there's a really cool Gambit hand cannon that with the right God roll perks isn't just great in in Gambit, it's at its peak in Gambit, but it's good elsewhere too. Okay? I've outlined this idea before. Every planet, 
every activity should have its own loot pool and those loot pools have pinnacle gear within them that are universally strong and considered good and they are at their best in that activity well that's too much loot how are you gonna do that kiosks on the planet something don't don't give me logistical beef this is the best way to do it so then if you're a more casual player and you get a hand cannon from io that's considered it's a pinnacle hand cannon it's good it's got a good roll on it it's at its best on io and you can take it anywhere and you're pretty satisfied with that hand cannon the more hardcore player isn't satisfied with that hand cannon. They want one from each planet. So when they're running a strike or an activity on that planet, whether it's the Flashpoint, a Nightfall, Heroic Adventures, daily the, the, the Heroic Playlist, you have your armor set with perks specific to that planet. You have your guns that are at their best on that planet, right? The hardcore player is going to look at that and be like, I'm going to get all of it. You know, six months down the line, I'm still not done yet. I still don't have a god roll from Nessus on this auto rifle that I want. Right? Always, always a character chase. The casual player's like, this is pretty awesome. This gun is super dope. It's a pinnacle weapon. I can take this, I I can take this auto rifle anywhere. And it's considered a, a pinnacle weapon. It's a good gun. When I take it to Nessus, it's obviously better, and that's going to kind of clue that player into that grind, and they might they might take part in that grind. And then your raid gear is pinnacle, and it's the best for people that are raiding. So, like, the casual players don't feel like, well, I'll never get a Fatebringer, I'll never get a Vision of Confluence, and those are the best PvE weapons. You know what else contextual power does? You don't have to undermine and undercut and invalidate all your player investments because you add new activities, you add new destinations, and they have new weapon pools, they have new gear pools with their own contextual power and perks, and you grind for the new stuff when the new content comes out. And you're like, none of this undercuts and unseats all my hard work for all these great weapons and pieces of gear that I got. Everything's working in harmony. I'm gonna have to take the time to level all these up, level up my choice weapons, and bring them along to the new, to the new, uh, the new power levels. But I'm gonna go to the new public space, the new raid, the new activity. You know what I'm saying? And all this stuff, I want to chase it, and it doesn't unseat this. All these weapons I got for Nessus IO, EDZ, etc. It is literally the key. It's the key. You honor and you allow player investment and player choice to persist. I got this whole set from EDZ and I got all these dope weapons from the EDZ. That all, all that stuff is maintained. That is maintained, right? And then when the new when the new content comes out, the raid has its own pool, Gambit has its own pool, Crucible gets an update, that might be problematic. Crucible is always going to be problematic. The new public space has a new pool, the blind well has a new pool. And your desire to get those guns are they're pinnacle, they're awesome, they look pretty sweet, they look pretty dope and they're at their absolute best. They're at their absolute best in that content, in the source content, right? It's not a realistic suggestion. I think it is a realistic suggestion. We're already getting a portion of what I'm talking about. The Blind Well has its own weapons and armor sets. Gambit has its own weapons and armor sets. The Raid will have its own weapons and armor sets. We're already getting a version of what I'm talking about. It's not unrealistic because they're already doing it to a certain degree. They're already doing it. You can't tell me it's unrealistic when they're already doing it. It's not like I'm asking them to create a new planet, a new, a new universe. 
Uh, Diamond J15, do you think they should add random drop chance in the raid after your guaranteed weekly drops? Okay, this is a great question. I think that raids need a persisting drop for people who raid beyond three, but it should probably stop around your 12th raid for the week. It should probably stop, okay? One thing they could do that might not ever have to stop is every raid gives you XP with the raid NPC, right? So, Benedict, Benedict has really, really cool stuff when I get to rank 100, and every raid contributes to that rank. I'm done with my drops, but I'll gladly help you, homie. Sure, LFG, yeah, I'll be a sure, but yeah, definitely, uh-huh, yeah, my rank's going up. A month goes by, and the guy who only raids three times a week, and the guy who religiously raids and helps out the community are going to look vastly different. They're going to look vastly different because my rank with the NPC is way high. Look at this shader I got. Look at these ornaments for my weapons that I got. Oh, how'd you make your raid gun look like that? I hit rank 100, baby. I was raiding real hard. Okay, that's ground level, ground level persistent investment that they could do with the raid. They already have the NPC. You already have the rank. Just shove stuff in his inventory. Just please do that. That's That's an easy, that's a home run. That's an easy one. Second thing they can do is something like they did in Wrath, where there is an internal economy in the raid, okay? So you could say, all right, you're getting these, this internal economy, and if you get enough of these things, then you can re-roll your armor. That's the only time I've ever been okay with re-rolling, right? Re-roll the armor. Invest in the armor. Now, this idea with the internal economy could dovetail very well with another idea I've had, Got to interlock my fingers here. The Solstice of Heroes armor is exactly how raid armor should be. When you first get the raid armor, it should be green and busted up, and it should have bounties attached to it. Then, you're excited because you got a helmet, and now you want to go back and raid that week because it wants you to do something specific, or it wants you to kill a certain boss X number of times. And then the helmet becomes blue. Now, I'm not talking about dropping loot that would nerf us and make our power level weaker like Solstice of Heroes armor did. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the armor itself being upgradable by continuing to play the raid. You're like, guys, I finally got the helmet. Let's go back. Oh, man, let's go back. I want to I upgrade it just like Solstice of Heroes armor. And then it gets to blue and you got to do it again. Right? Why would I get raid gear be bad when we get it? Yeah, again, listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying the raid gear would be weak or bad. It would be it would be at a tier 1 and then you'd leveled up by doing the intrinsic bounties. That gives you that gives you an internal sense of progression within the raid of like I'm raising my rank with the NPC. I'm working on improving, I'm working on upgrading my gear so that it that it gets like let's say there's perks on the raid gear that get stronger, more influential or unlocked as you level up the gear. Again, giving you a reason to run the raid more than 3 times a week. I'm trying to create grind and investment. I call it the well behind the wall. The wall. Yeah, it would be decent power level pooted. They wouldn't drop you raid armor that weakens you. That would be stupid and illogical. I'm not saying that. It would be green to give you the sense of progression like green to blue to purple. It wouldn't be green and like, oh, I'm weaker now when I wear it. This is dumb. That would be silly. That would be silly. 
the well behind the wall the wall is i gotta get over this hurdle the hurdle is completing the activity and getting the gear to drop that takes a while what's that called that's called the rng grind the rng grind is the wall gotta go gotta go gotta go let's go let's go let's go 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 finally got the gauntlets sweet yes now you're in the well the well behind the wall now you're in the investment grind RNG grind and investment grind are very different. RNG grind is play, 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 drop, 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 drop. Finally got the thing I want. Now investment grind begins. Now I'm investing in the gear that I have. When you have those two systems working hand in hand, you have you have the perfect recipe for longevity and loyalty to be fostered at the level of the player's discretion. I'm just going to keep going, man. Oh, I'm gonna wait. I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay to wait. I'm gonna keep trying for the god roll. Now that I got the god roll, I'm gonna invest it. Now that I got this piece of gear, I'm gonna do this. Now that I got that, I'm gonna do this. So, they already are doing that with the guns. So, what I'm saying is not that foreign to what they're doing. The guns, you're gonna grind for a god roll, get the perk combination that you like, invest in putting a mod on it, invest it up to Masterworks 10. So, the RNG grind is on the front. This is the wall. The wall, the well behind the wall is the investment. So the wall of getting the gun at the god roll, that's the hurdle you have to get over first. That's the initial hurdle. I'm going to grind this strike-specific gun until I get the roll that I want. Now that I have the roll that I want, I'm going to invest in the grind. I'm going to invest in the gun. You're creating you're creating a, a, a segmented grind that is then engaged with at the, at the discretion of the player. Like, do they actually want to do it or not? The more the, the range of casual to hardcore player would land on this system perfectly. I got a decent roll on this hand cannon. I'm happy with that. I'm a more casual player. I don't really have time. This other guy over here. I play for 10 hours a day, dude. I'm going for the absolute best version of this gun, and I'm not stopping until I freaking get it, right? Until I got the Imago loop that I wanted. I'm that guy. You're just happy to have the, the, the gun, and then you invest in it. Both players feel rewarded for the time. Both players feel appropriately rewarded for their commitment. I think that's what they need to do to the raid gear so that you get stuff beyond the first week. But an infinite number of drop chances isn't the answer. Everything I just outlined is the answer to this question. Do you think they should add random drop chance in the raid after your guaranteed weekly drops? No, but I think I just outlined a bunch of other things that would give you a reason to play the raid beyond three times. Hercules 820, should I be saving my tokens or will they be wiped when Forsaken comes out? They will not be wiped when Forsaken comes out. They will not be wiped. You you will be able to use those for rep gains at the NPCs. That's why I'm saving them. Lord of Time, how many different perks do you think each weapon will get? I mean, there's three active perks. The size of that perk pool, we don't know yet. We know Rangefinder's returning and we know that you can add a perk... You can add a mod to a gun that's basically hidden hand. Increased target acquisition. So. Uh, what about something similar, Lono? You get the gear in the raid, then a bounty system to masterwork it? No, that's the capstone, Chuck. That's the capstone. Masterworking is the capstone. It's the thing you do last on the guns. You get the roll that you like, you put the mod on that you like, and then you capstone it with masterwork. You're done. They did that with the Solstice of Heroes armor. Goes from green... Intrinsic bounties to turn it blue. Intrinsic bounties to turn it purple. Once it's purple, it's got a bounty on it to masterwork it. That's the capstone. So what you're saying is like the end of what I'm saying, basically. The Masked Man 811. 
Do you see a meta weapon coming out of the Gambit loot pool? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. I bet you there's a gun in the in the pool of Gambit that'll be meta for Gambit or meta for PVE. Because Gambit is built around damage efficiency, so they're probably going to give you guns that are built around damage efficiency. I would think that would be thematically sensible. Uh, Xpeezy, does the Better Devils 3-tap require all headshots? If so, uh, is that too unfair for the average player? No, Better Devils is going to be a body-body head. It's a body-body head uh, 3-tap. Back in D1, it was one head, two body. Yeah, they're going back to that. Uh, Fallen Knight 81, what will they announce at Gamescom this week? I'm hoping for some news on Destiny 1 Exotics. I think the ramen quest today is something that's going to be tied to what they're announcing at Gamescom. There's going to be some type of internal either game ARG like mission or something as the precursor to Forsaken and that's going to be something that's probably addressed uh, is going to be addressed. The Better Devils is not two two body one crit. It's three crit. It's three crit. 110 RPM is one crit two body. 140 hand cannons like the Better Devils is a three quit crit. What did they show on stream then? They said aggressive hand cannons were going to be two body, one to the head. And what, and better devils is not aggressive? Oh, that was a 110 hand cannon that they showed? So the one, okay, so I'm sorry, I gave out wrong information. I thought when they showed that hand cannon on stream, they were showing the two body, one head. Aggressives, okay, so the aggressives are the 110 RPM. The better devils is the adaptive and it's 140. So it's going to be three to the head. I mean, it's probably going to be one of those things where people comb over the hand cannons and go with what's best. I mean, the Luna's Howl is like the fastest fire rating gun, and it does a head-head body because of the because of the perk on it. It does like a 56-57 and then like an 80-something to the body. So there's something going on with the Luna's Howl perk that gives it a multiplier after two crits. So if that that's a really fast fire rate hand cannon. So... Yeah, I mean, guns like Better Devils and others, you know, I'm sorry about the misinformation. I thought that's what they showed on stream. Um, the guns like that, I mean, people are just going to come over them and a meta, and a meta will emerge. A meta will emerge. Um, if you plan on heading to PAX and you're interested in guest casting for some of the Summer Skirmish open qualifiers, please reach out to me. I will drop everything and come to PAX if you give me a shot at casting some Fortnite sorry I gotta respond to this thing uh and let's do it <laughs> I'll go to PAX. I'm not planning on going to PAX, but I'll go to PAX if you're going to let me shoutcast. Uh, what was that question? Yeah, I, I answered that one. XPZ. The majority of the console community wants Titan skating back. Since skating was OP in D1, should Bungie bring back the Twilight Garrison? The Garrison could be modified to allow skating. So the only way to skate is to give up your exotic armor slot. Um, I... <sighs> I don't know if you want Titan skating to be dependent on a piece of gear, though. I don't know if that's what, if that's the way you want to do it. I, 
The garrison can be modified to allow skating. I mean, if I don't necessarily have a problem with skating. I think skating becomes problematic because of shotguns, like the speed with which a Titan can just close space. Um, I think, I think if, I think if that, I think if you did that, then that's that. I think that's when things can start to go awry. You're allowing one class to close gaps in space faster than basically any other any other if you guys want to co-sign on this tweet i'm going to put a link in chat about the pax shoutcasting opportunity if you guys want to comment <sighs> so if you're going to let people skate right if you're going to let people skate then i su- i suppose tying it to the garrison i don't know I just think it's I think it's it's, it's always going to be problematic when you let people close the space so so dramatically with a shotgun. Um so XPZ since the PVP ammo economy has been reconstructed regarding special ammo, do you believe Icebreaker uh, will return and break the game? No. They will not bring back Icebreaker. They're not going to do all this work and bring back and bring back the and bring back all the stuff. They're not going to do all that if 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 their people are just going to break the game. When is the next PAX, by the way? Is it PAX West? Oh my gosh, it's like right before Forsaken drops. Um, so, they're not bringing back Icebreaker. There's no freaking way they do that. I highly, highly doubt they're going to do that. Um, KY Bowhunter, do you think that Cade, the Cade quest will come next week since the milestones are getting changed and flashpoints are taking a week off until Forsaken? No, I'm pretty sure it's today. I'm pretty sure it's today because they showed that there was a solstice there was a solstice uh, marker on it and we're entering the last week of solstice. So I think that they're tying I think that they're tying the um, they're tying it to the solstice. You're going to basically end solstice by having this thing, this little quest, this spicy ramen quest with Cade. That's kind of my theory. The leaked image, like the solstice, the solstice icon was definitely on there. So unless they're extending solstice by a week, I don't know. I, I don't know. That would be, that would be really odd. That would be really odd. So. Uh, next question. With the EP shotgun and sniper being fixed on solar, do you think Bungie tested and found that these weapons were doing too much uh, damage in the new Gambit and Raid boss? Is that a good or a bad sign for the new Raid boss design? I think it's a good sign. I think it's a good sign. It's just like when they said that the Touch of Malice wasn't going to... um, It was going to cancel blessings, okay? When they made that change, right? When they changed Touch of Malice to cancel blessings... That was because it would have ruined Wrath of the Machine. Wrath of the Machine is my favorite raid. It's one of the best designs raid in best designed raids in Destiny. The boss encounters are awesome. They're unique. They're fun. They're damage designed, right? They're damage. They're designed around doing damage, but they're super, super fun. You can master the mechanics and beat them quicker. Your 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 intelligence, strategy, and efficiency with the mechanics increases efficiency in the actual raid itself. Those raids are a frick. The Wrath of the Machine is a freaking blast. So I would say, I would say, this is the exact same scenario. When they created, you know, the Escalation Protocol shotgun with trench barrel, and they gave the void damage buff to Tractor Cannon, that was at a time when that combination was only possible with intrinsic balance. 
that intrinsic balance being somebody's got to run tractor cannon and you got to run the shotgun. You can't literally go up. I mean, can you imagine going up with a Titan, melting point punch, tractor cannon, right? You tractor cannon and then you melt and then you, you so, well, yeah, I guess you couldn't melting point punch, right? Because you have to run around again. Um, but at the very least, you go tractor cannon and then shotgun. And if somebody in the mix is doing melting point, like it would be, it'd be stupid. It would be stupid to be a stupid amount of damage. We can do more damage now than we ever could in D1. The the amount of time that, you, that it takes you to do high numbers of damage in Destiny 2 right now with certain builds is stupid. And that would be even... That, like I said before, you get into the theater of the absurd. You, you get into the theater of the absurd when you can start doing that much damage. And I said... And listen, I've said this before. This is why I don't have concerns about the, the, the raid boss... Uh, damage thresholds because they did this thing, okay? If if they would have allowed you to do that, right? Tractor cannon, bust out your void escalation protocol shotgun, trench barrel, just silly, silly, silly amounts of damage, okay? Bungie would have been like, well, the only way we really balance for this, the only real way we balance for this is if we increase the all of the enemy's health so, so high so so high that then that that becomes that becomes all you use it makes the solution narrow if they have to legislate to that it's like there's this one build that's just ridiculous it's just ridiculous and then they legislate to that do you know what that does everybody's running that build you gotta run tractor cannon with escalation protocol shotgun that's boring that's narrow right everybody would that that this is the thing this is the thing it's so counterintuitive this is one of those instances where restricting player freedom promotes player freedom restricting player freedom in this in this scenario promotes player freedom because that that's what would have ended up happening is all the end game content all the strike bosses anything that they wanted to take a while to kill they would have been like we got to raise the damage in relation to the potential damage output of tractor cannon and avoid escalation protocol shotgun and then everybody's doing this everybody's doing this narrow damage solution one of, the, one of the reasons I love Wrath of the Machine, you could use a Galahorn on Axis, you could do a double fusion bake like I did with Starfire Protocol and a, and a, and a tier 12 build, or you could use the, the Dark Drinker, you could use the Warpath Rocket Launcher from Dead Orbit because it's cluster bombs like hit him extra times. There were all these variety of damage solutions you could do in that fight. That doesn't work if I can go in that fight with Touch of Malice and two, bu- and two bubbles six people running touch of malice and you pop down a blessings and a weapons bubble and you just just melting him and melting Bossic, it would have invalidated the entire raid so they restricted player freedom and then promoted player freedom this is a similar situation this is a similar situation that's why touch of malice cancelled blessings the week before rise of iron came out they made that change and we pivoted and we altered our strategy in oryx and we started using sleepers and it was fine it was a little frustrating at first, but it was fine. Uh, how much game you expect to be playing? It'll probably be a, a daily and a weekly grind for me, just for a little bit. Do some bounties, get some stuff, grind, raise my rank, go for some guns. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, Lord, Lord, what is this? Lord Stig Almighty. Lord Stig Almighty. I'm new. What is Gambit? Gambit is a PVE and PVP combined game mode launching with Forsaken where you're trying to kill bosses quickly to get these like token things. Those token things get 
load it into your basically like your score and then if you get high enough you can spend tokens to send somebody and then you can send blockers it's basically a competition between two four man teams to beat bosses quicker than the other and you can send somebody over every once in a while and disrupt the other team uh, with you know with the super or heavies and stuff like that it's it's pvp it's pve vp it's pve vp it's primarily player versus event versus player the, the 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 versus player aspect of it is more minimal. It's it's like 90-10. It's like a 90-10 split or like an 80-20 split. So uh Trice HP. Do you think there should be more perk options when you masterwork armor besides that you take less damage during super? Um I I think this is where this is where the idea of contextual power could come in. Maybe masterworking gambit armor or maybe masterworking raid armor grants you different perks. So you have different incentives and motivations and reasons to masterwork that armor. Well, I really got to masterwork my raid armor. It does thus and so. I really got to masterwork uh, my my gambit armor because of this thing. Like wherever wherever you gravitate to, whatever whatever content you're primarily in is where you'd spend your masterwork. If it's if it's always the same thing, you know, like well, what about PvP? Well, you got to be careful. Charlie Hustle with 14 months in a row. Welcome back to the Rages. Thanks for using your Prime sub here, bud. Welcome home. Got different work hours. Don't get to watch much anymore, but I still make sure to come by and subscribe every month. Keep it up. Well, I appreciate your commitment to subscribe every month. That's very kind. Um, thank you, man. And good luck with the job and all. If it, you know stuff changed, hopefully it's for the better. Uh, motions. What's your opinion on raid tokens and raid vendors that can give you raid gear? I think as long as it's requiring you to actually run the raid, I'm okay with it. As I said before, I want the raid NPC's rank to matter and persist. So I can run raids beyond my first three, and I'm like, awesome. Uh, Brand new Twitch Prime sub from Troy4K. Welcome, Troy4K. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. Um, And Trevmac with a brand new sub. It's a double new sub. Thank you guys for the double new subs. Welcome. We have an LFG and a clan system in our Discord. You get access to that as a sub. Anybody can use our Discord general chat if you want to get to know the community. So you don't have to sub to support the channel, but that is a way for you to get in there and use our clan system and our LFG system. That's a sub perk. And if you follow the channel, that's a free way to support me. Just click that heart button, click that follow button. You'll know whenever I'm streaming. That's like following me on Twitter. I do this question and answer format on the regular. Um, So... I don't mind raid tokens and vendor gear. A third sub from Jason WW. Thank you so much. It's three new subs in a row, guys. Welcome. Appreciate that support very, very much. So I'm okay with it as long as it's more focused on I'm raising the rank with the NPC. That's going to afford me newer and cooler things because I'm running the raid more often. If I'm saving up tokens and then he sells the, the really good gun one week, I don't like that. Uh, another new sub, TT Prism. Four new subs in a row. Thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate all the support. That... Bit of a subtrain here. Another one. Not my dad. Sorry for the slight disruption on the Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube, people are showing me some love right now. Thank you guys very, very much for all those subs. That's five new subs in a row. Um, so, but I don't want you saving up tokens and then you're like, oh, he's finally selling the hand cannon and you buy it. I think there's just something very special about the gun dropping in the raid and you losing your mind. Tokens and rank should be more in relation to cosmetic showmanship. Thank you, Orange, for the 100 bits. Cosmetic showmanship. 
I've hit rank 50 with the raid NPC in my tokens, and now I get this ornament for my gun that makes it look awesome, or I get this shader, or this ornament, my armor now looks different, right? Bounties, raid bounties would be cool too. Raid bounties would be cool too from the NPC. Uh, 8 Mask. Do you expect all of our mods will get automatically converted to components since elemental mods won't be usable anymore? No, I don't think so. I think there was phrasing somewhere that you'll be able to trade your mods in and and that's why I'm saving them, right? I'm saving my, my, my mod components because maybe the exchange rate will be better. Maybe trading, uh, maybe trading will be better. Um, that's definitely something that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm wanting to see, I'm wanting to see the day one. Like if I go up to the gunsmith, can I get a better exchange rate when I trade my mods as opposed to just breaking them down? So it probably won't be any different, but I think it's better to just wait. Big time killer. Do you think that if we have a bounty in Gambit to invade and or kill invaders, that would ruin the Gambit experience considering that people would be focusing on that too much? Um, listen, they're always going to have bounties that make you focus on a certain style of play or a certain way of playing that can be frustrating for everybody. If you're trying to get it done and you can, it's frustrating. You know, invade five times and you got 20 minutes left and you got to go to work and this guy, this this friggin' jerk is just camping the invade spot and you can't invade. Yeah, it's frustrating. But I don't know if you want to legislate to that. Well, we better we better not do bounties. We better not do this. We better not do that for the we better not do that for the for the gambit because then people people will get frustrated sometimes. I, I think the the pain of frustration can be good. Rotary Bowl, thanks for 20 months. I appreciate that. That's a long time. Welcome back. You're frustrated because you want to do it. You want to do it because you're passionate and you're enjoying yourself and you're committed. And that commitment and frustration is an emotional state that I don't think is necessarily always bad. It's not always bad. I was frustrated that I couldn't get an Imago loop with uh, explosive rounds. That frustration stemmed from a passion and a love and a hobbyist commitment to the game. So the frustration wasn't entirely bad. Getting rid of random rolls, getting rid of skeleton keys, getting rid of intentionality in that grind hurt the game. It didn't make me feel better. Oh, thanks, Bungie. No more random rolls, no more skeleton keys. I got frustrated doing the Imago loop grind. Man, I'm so glad you got rid of that thing. So the frustration of like trying to complete a bounty or other people are trying to complete a bounty and you feel like it's tipping the scales of Gambit too much. I mean, I, I feel like... I, I feel like that's that's not something that you legislate to. That's going to happen sometimes. Uh, Trev Max says, what about the new way to start getting higher gear drops? Right now, you have to open powerful engrams to raise your drops. Is this changing in Forsaken? They did say there would be more pursuits at your disposal to get powerful gear and powerful engrams. They said they weren't going to reveal all that right away. That Some of that we would have to find out on our own. So there will be alternative and lots of different things. A lot of what they're doing now is they've, they're converting milestones to challenges. They still will reward you with a powerful engram, but you will, it'll just be attached to the thing. It won't be over in like the milestone menu. You'll click on the milestone menu and it'll have like present quest, pressing quest, like newer things. And then when you go into like, let's say you click on the crucible, it'll have a challenge that says play five crucible matches and you get a powerful engram. 
So some of the milestones are getting slated into challenges and they're going to reward you with powerful stuff. It's my understanding that they're trying to give you diverse ways to get powerful engrams and items. And they even said, they were like, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to tell everything up front. You're going to discover some of these other pursuits on your own. And I think that's important. We're going to discover the like, hey, when you do this thing with, you know, outlaw bounties, it's, uh, it's pretty rewarding. It gives you some pretty good power jump. You're going to discover that later on. Yeah, you can stop spamming him, uh, Andrew B. Wheeler. You don't got to do go too hard. I appreciate your support on Twitter, though, bud. XX Orange, what time does Forsaken drop? Uh, normal reset time, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Serpentius, do you think Gambit could possibly receive its own special event similar to Iron Banner for Crucible? Possible. It's possible. Uh, they like doing stuff like that. They could also just weave Gambit into some of the other things that we know are coming, like... Maybe Faction Rally will have a part, heavy things you're doing in Gambit. Maybe the Arms Week that got data mined will have something to do with Gambit. Or as you're saying, there could be a pretty cool thing called, you know, um, you know, Iron Gambit Gambit Rally. Yeah, I mean something like that, right? Where you're, you're, it's a specific type of Gambit and it's different. I, I don't like. I like gigs and I like players like gigs and I want them to have a great competitive place like Trials. He's teabagging the boss. I want them to have a place like that, but I don't agree with him about like doing a weekend competitive Gambit thing. I don't want Gambit to get infected with meta, sweaty, competitive mindset that comes with trials. Um, But if you did something monthly with Gambit where it was, I don't know, maybe the bosses were bigger, maybe there were more bosses, maybe it was different, I don't know. Maybe everything's doubled. I don't know. You could definitely do something like that on the monthly, and that's just another way to trickle out content every month. Hercules 820. Should I be saving my tokens? And what not for new weapons and perks? Will they be whipped out when they drop? I don't actually know how that's going to work. I think saving your tokens is a good idea because you're still going to be able to turn them in for raising your rank. You're going to be able to raise your rank on EDZ with tokens beyond like once forsaken launches and that might afford you something. I don't know. Waiting just seems like the best, uh, the best option. Um... So, Mighty Moose 90, uh, I'm excited for Forsaken, I'm excited for Gambit, I'm excited for the new raid, I'm curious to know if there are any specifics about September year 2 launch that will keep Lono diving back in for more week after week? Well, I mean, it, it, the, the, the rank in Gambit has me interested, it really does, it's like, oh, that sounds neat, I want to chase those things. You know, the Horde mode or whatever it's called, you know, the Blind Well, whatever version of a Horde mode that we get in the Dreaming City, that's going to keep me coming back week after week. Like, what's there? God rolls? Grinding for God rolls? I loved doing that in D1. Loved it. So, I would think those are going to be the things that keep me coming back. You know? Uh, Zinza. As someone who plays PvE more hardcore, I want to see Gambit be sweaty for people like me. Thoughts? I just don't think that's the goal of Gambit. I don't think it's the goal to be a sweat box. I, that's, it's, everybody I've talked to who played it at E3, Gamescom, people that played it at Guardian Con, they've all said, it's really fun, it's really crazy, there's a lot of hero moments. That, that to me doesn't necessarily translate into like a, you know, a sweat box, a sweat environment. I don't know, that just doesn't sound good to me. Cover two, is the power level grind going to revert back to where blues cap instead of dropping 10 levels below? They haven't actually spoken to that. 
They haven't spoken to that, but they did say if you go into an environment where you're underleveled, you'll see bigger jumps. Um, you'll see bigger jumps in your power level. And once you're overleveled for something, you'll see smaller jumps. So you can continue to do events and activities that you're overleveled for, that, and you'll see smaller jumps. So when you're 550 and you're doing 500 strikes, you're going to see smaller jumps, but there'll be, still be jumps. Now, you can't do the 300 and the 400 strikes. Once you're at like 440, you can't do 400 anymore. They're not going to let you keep going in there. And I'm not quite sure why they're doing that. They said it'll keep more people in matchmaking pools like that are at those power levels. Eventually, we're all going to get be hovering around 500 anyway, so it ain't going to matter. It ain't like the community is just going to be chilling down in the 300s and 400s. Like Most people are going into this content at 385 and 400, so you got to imagine the grind from 400 to 500 is going to be where most people end up pretty quickly, within a month maybe, and then you're just hanging out in the you know, in the 500 strike playlist. Hashtag winning 47. Do you like D1 or D2 style of reviving a player in a raid? I really miss those hero moments where you could still beat a raid in activity even if your teammates were dead. I have been one of the strongest, most ardent critics of the revive token system. I have been hotly against it. Initially, I like the idea. In practice, I dis- I absolutely despise it. I don't like it. There are no hero moments. You just, you do not get a chance. You just do not get a chance to have those like, oh my gosh, we can come back from this. Um, Now, if you want to limit how many times we can res in prestige version versus normal version, use tokens, that's fine. But stop wiping my team because we ran out of tokens. Like, stop that. Stop it. Like, what, what is that? One person dies, we have five people alive, and you wipe the entire team? Where's the logic? It's terrible logic. It's terrible endgame logic. Yeah, you failed. Why? Um, you, a person died. What? Yeah, a couple people had already died, and you got them back up, and you're doing, you're doing okay in this raid, but another person died, and I know there's five of you that are alive right now, but you're done. You're you're restarting. What in the actual frick? Huh? What? I don't it's awful. There was nothing like there are few moments in the history of Destiny that felt as good as running double or triple cannons in the Axis room and clutching it up cuz Johnny Potato Thumbs just keeps dying. Like that that was so satisfying. Oh, we want everybody to be alive and partake so they feel like they were a part of the raid. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Which do you think is more winsome? Which do you think is more winsome? Watching a team clutch it while you're dead and being excited and being like, oh my gosh, we got it done. Do you think that's more winsome? Do you think that person's going to want to go in next time? Or what about the person who keeps dying and the team keeps wiping because of res tokens and that guy's red-faced and embarrassed and wishes that he could crawl under a rock? In which scenario do you think the struggling player is more likely to come back and raid again? Which do you think? Now, I know I'm making it a little exaggeratory for my point. Like, I'm being hyperbolic to make my point. But... in both scenarios like I I know people that the first time they ran with me in Wrath died we clutched it and then they were regular in their raiding with me again the next week and they loved it 
The excitement is infectious. Oh my gosh, he just triple can in the middle. Did you guys see that? We were all about to die. Oh my word. I want to try that. I want to do that. I want to get in there and try it. Instead of, yep, we ran out of tokens because homie over here, just he just keeps dying. You know? <laughs> in one scenario, you feel like I'm, I want a chance. I want a chance to do that. I want a chance to rise to the occasion, right? And in the other scenario, it's like, well, we finally we finally did it, and I don't ever want to go back in there ever again and do that. That was so embarrassing. I died so many times, and they got frustrated, and I could hear it in their voices. They, they, even the nicest people are like, no, it's... It's, it's okay, bud. It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's only been an hour, you know? Again... On the outset, when I heard about the token system, I was like, that's pretty good. It forces the team to be alive. And then in practice, I was like, I would rather poke my own eyeball than put up with this. So I'm hoping it goes away in the next raid. Uh, Fault the one, or foul the one. Uh, What do you think we'll take to get the new Gambit gun? Rank quest? Uh, It's going to be rank. They said that in the TWAB. Uh, what should I be doing right now to prepare for Forsaken? I would just be collecting tokens and planetary materials and holding on to them. I wouldn't undercut your grind too much, though. Don't invest too heavily in, 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 in shortcuts. Don't invest too heavily in shortcuts. How much enjoyment are you really getting out of the game right now? How much enjoyment are you really getting right now stacking those things? If it's thrilling and exciting and it brings joy to your soul, then keep on doing it. If taking a break from this game and playing other games, play Hellblade, play Ori in the Blind Forest, play Detroit Become Human, try out some unique games, try something that you never thought you'd try, like, you know, try out, try the Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein game. If there's a, if there's a backlog in your Steam library or your free Xbox games or whatever, play those games, play those games instead. Don't sit here and invest in, invest in shortchanging your grind in Forsaken. I'm playing every day and I'm a hobbyist and I love the game and I, I I play every day with you guys. I'm not doing all these things to shortchange my grind though. It's just the nature of the beast when you play as much as me. It's the nature of the beast. There's nothing I can do about the fact that I play a lot and have a lot of stuff. So, you know, just, just, just don't do that. Don't do that. Uh... Illuminatu Illuminatu says I have a question about Gambit mode when we finish a match or we gain rank point mode does it give us a special reward like EP armor sets and weapons I don't know if stuff's going to be dropping at the end of the game but they did say that the ranking system is one where you earn the unique rewards and guns so maybe every rank offers you a, a, a drop and then once you hit certain ranks maybe you can buy them I don't know I don't know uh, Lucky918, I talked with you about Gambit at Guardian Con 18, and one of my biggest concerns was how will Bungie stop teams from insta-melting their bosses? I remember this conversation with you, by the way. Do you believe that Bungie's perception of team coordination and DPS output is high enough to truly throttle the capabilities of insta-killing a Gambit boss? More than likely, what they're going to do is health gates, or they're going to do mechanics. Like, you get them so low, and then you have to go do a mechanic. Do you remember um, Tanix? Tanix could be melted super fast. Super fast. He was a dummy and he stood still up on that shelf. Right? What do they do to the Tanix fight? You got him so low and then he got shielded by SIVA. And you had to destroy the SIVA things. I feel I feel like they're gonna do something very similar. If if you know you get him to you get him to half health and then they get a shield and you gotta go do something. 
scions appear that shield them or you know something appears like a vex appears and shoots them maybe like four vex appear and like shoot them with the beam and then they're protected and you got to kill those vex and then if it's you know if it's cabal boss you, you know the scions come out and you got to kill the scions and they're hard to find and maybe the scions have unique elements or something you know what i'm saying relics ornaments oracles something like that that's how i think they're going to do it because if it's as simple as what we're about to do to this guy right now, then that's th- then all hope is lost. If this boss shows up and someone goes tractor cannon, tractor cannon, void, nova, nova, boom, and the boss disappears, that's gonna hurt the longevity of the uh, of the grind. I think you're gonna want people to feel a little bit stretched. Escalation protocol bosses are probably a taste of something that we're gonna get. Tanky, there's a mechanic, and if you don't do it right, then it's gonna slow you way way down. Dan W22, would you rather the current Crucible with a handful of playlists or the old D1 system where you could pick the game type and mode? I want everything split right down the middle into ranked and unranked so we can end this skill-based matchmaking debate for good. I want control, ranked, unranked. I want clash, ranked, unranked. That's what I want. Ranked and unranked. Maybe even do ranked and unranked and you go into unranked and it just throws you into whatever game mode is available at that time. No skill-based matchmaking, purely connection. But people won't get stomped. If you want to play against people according to your rank, then get in the rank playlist and shut the frick up. That's what we need. The skill-based matchmaking debate is so exhaustingly just stupid, and I'm tired of it. Go to a ranked and an unranked playlist so we can be done with this debate. That's what we need in the Crucible. You don't need 18 different hoppers. You don't need 18 different game modes. You need ranked and you need unranked. Casual and competitive. That's it. If you don't give us that, we're going to be debating this and getting frustrated till the end of time. If I get a couple of wins in Iron Banner and you punish me but with skill-based matchmaking and I get into sweat box after sweat box after sweat box, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what I've done since Destiny 2 launched. I'm not going to play. And so is everybody else that's in the middle of the road and doesn't want to put up with that nonsense. They're going to go to Gambit. They're going to go to they're going to go to the Blind Well. They're going to go to do other things. But if I can go into unranked and I know it's just purely connection based, and I might run into God tier team, I might not. When I was a hundred percent certain, and I'm not certain anymore. When I was certain that skill based matchmaking was off, I played sixteen games. And there was so much variety. There were people in my game that I fought against that had 3.0 efficiencies that were tough to fight. There were people in my game that had negative efficiencies that were kind of fun to knock around. There was a gamut of players, and that's good for everybody. Potatoes are in there, and periodically they face each other, and they might get a kill because they're both potatoes, right? They have a chance to play against people that are a little bit better than them, and that's an opportunity for them to maybe improve and learn some hard lessons about pushing a choke point over and over again like a dum-dum, right? you're playing the gamut of the player base. Instead of being like, well, you have a 1.5 or a 2 dot efficiency, we're going to put you up against people that have those same efficiencies all day, and every game is going to be close and unfun, and there's not going to be any hero moments. There's going to be no dynamics to the gameplay. You're literally going to basically be trading kills the entire game. You get a kill, they get a kill. You get a kill, they get a kill. And the score is going to come down to almost no point differential at all. Isn't this fun? No, it's not freaking fun at all. If I want to do that, I'll build a team, I'll stack, I'll hyper-compete, I'll hyper-coordinate, and I'll have communication, and then I'll sweat. 
but on a Friday night when I get home from work and just want to play some Crucible, that's not the experience that anyone wants to have. Like, nobody wants that feel. Nobody wants that feeling! Ranked and unranked. Debate over. That's what we want. That's the solution. Fat Hotshot. Do you know what time for seconds coming out? It should be coming out at reset. Uh, Homeboyd. Will Big Team Battle ever return? Uh, and also, should we get some more vehicles for both PvP and PvE, please? I don't know. That's not the focus right now. The focus right now is making PvP better, not in innovating. I hate I hate to, to speak against innovation. I hate to speak against innovation. But that's not what we need right now. That's not what we need right now. Uh, some I... Italian guy. Guys, we will pivot to the tower at reset to see if Cade disappears for the spicy ramen quest. Alright? I'm even gonna change my my title. I'm gonna keep taking questions, though. Uh, Cade quest question mark. Okay? Hey, Lono, can you see them down the line converting year one weapons and armor and being able to accept year two mods and perks similar to how Etheric Light was used in House of Wolves? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. I w- I'm going to say no. Probably not. Estatica uh, says, will Gambit only be on the weekends? It's a full-time playlist. It's a full-time playlist. People were suggesting a weekend highly competitive version, which I don't like that idea. Uh, P3Z19, what do you think will happen to our current exotic armor perks? Um... What do you think will happen to our current exotic armor perks? Is this used in original D2 armor? I want to make sure I didn't switch games by accident. Uh, or will they be updated to new armor mods? Or do you think they'll have some way to make them each armor like a certain cooldown? I have no idea. I, I'm not Again, I'm not speculating on that. What should we do with our raid tokens? Save them. I, there's no reason to spend them now. They're not going to take them out of your inventory. Homeboyd, uh, why do you think they are holding on exotic masterwork armor? What kind of stat bonuses could they add? I mean, obviously they could add big changes to make the armor worthwhile against the backdrop of all the perks and the year two armor pieces that we're going to be getting. So that's probably why they're holding back. Uh, Boise B, do you think that they will bring Trials back and in Forsaken after a few weeks, but maybe revert it to 3v3? I don't think we're getting it back in that season. They said for the duration of the season, it's going to be on hiatus. That means for the whole time. I could see them going back to 3v3 elimination. I just think the the weapon buffs and stuff that they're doing would make it's going to make countdown and survival miserable. The lane camping and the and the choke point watching in a 4v4 in a 4v4 environment where you're attacking and defending, I think that I think the quicker TTK is going to make it not fun and I think that's why they're shelving it. They need to figure out what the frick they're going to do with it. So that's what I would do. That's what I would do. I would bring it back, put radar back in there, 3v3 it up, uh, put radar on a sonar mode so it pings and isn't there all the time, so you, you don't you can't just stare at choke points. You got to move around and be intelligent. I've outlined my radar ideas before. Um, three months from Caskew 21, we're just gonna go to the tower now. Three months from Caskew 21, that's a blue badge. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Rageless. The wait time to get in the tower is probably going to get really high because everybody's anticipating this quest. Um, Kodak the Wolf says, Hey, I just discovered your YouTube Twitch talk channel. It's amazing. Thanks so much for the help. Do you think Destiny 2 is still a good game to stream or is it burning out? Oh, it's not burning out. It's definitely bouncing back. Uh, It's definitely bouncing back. Uh, 20 months of subs from Baxter. Welcome back, Baxter. Almost two years. That's a long time. Uh, Sir Putnam says... 
Do you think having a loadout feature would be desirable or even feasible? Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. And here's why it would be great. If you start adding all the things I talked about, contextual power, uh, weapons and pieces of armor that are at their best in certain activities and in certain planets, and being able to click a loadout button would be great. It'd be freaking great. Oh, what, what is it? Nessus? Go into my menu. Nessus loadout. Changes all your stuff. Dims has loadouts. I'm talking in game here, bud. I'm talking in game. Like I-, I want solutions for everybody, not just people that know about Dim and Ishtar Commander. Um, so Gangsta, I enjoyed Freedom of Choice in Year One for the raid and raid layers. How will armor mods for specific activities affect those in Year Two? Well, I mean, Year Two activities are going to have probably their own mods. So I don't think it's not like you're not going to go into the new raid and have old mods affecting it it's not how it works that's not how it works the glam toboggan it's got number two on it i've never seen that before um so i think the new raids will have their own mods uh fal the one what do you think the most new super will use i mean i like the superman titan one the more i see of it but i also really really like the void it's going to be hard to let go of Nova Bomb. I love Nova Bomb. I've loved it since I saw it in the trailer for Destiny 1, you know, five, six years ago. Um, but that one that that one with the Warlock where it, like, disappears and reappears and boom, like, that one looks really, really cool. Uh, the Warlock Sword Radiant Slam or whatever the frick it's called is probably going to be mega popular. Mega popular. If you guys are just tuning in, we're going to check out to see if the Cade Quest is happening today. We're currently doing a question and answer session. This is something I do on the regular on my channel. We've done talks about a topic, and then we transition to Q&A. We've done that for about three years now on my channel. If you're enjoying the show and you're enjoying the vibe, uh, click the follow button. Click that heart button. That's an easy way to follow and support my channel. Uh, I get too hard. says, now that Solstice is almost over, what are your reactions to it? What would you like to see more or less of it changed? Uh, What worked well? would you do again? I would have more variety in the quest so we're not rerunning the same missions as many times as they made us run it. I think the armor upgrade idea is fantastic and should be in other parts of the game like the raid as I've outlined. You get a green piece of armor and it doesn't nerf you. It's not like lower level but you upgrade it to make it get to its best like unlocking the perks and the mods etc. So I think the armor idea is one that needs to be repeated and I think if they're going to do something like this next like next year then have more variety like don't run the same five things over and over again because if you're going to make me do that all three characters that's pretty brutal uh so more variety would have been nice i think you know there's a lot of really good missions and there's a lot of really cool planet you know planets and stuff that we didn't even visit in solstice of heroes which i think is unfortunate i think it was all of the red war stuff but i don't know more always always more variety if it's possible um, so Trev Max C, uh, what are, are there any current weapon quests that we should complete to get weapons and gear to help us grind for forsaken solstice of heroes armor takes you to 400. If you have the 400 weapons from the raid layers, those things will increase your, your, your grind speed because that means your initial drops will be in relation to your higher light level. So you're going to be at 400 instead of 385. That's a jump. That's a jump in your drops. Your drops will be higher. So I'm going to do this here at the gunsmith guys and then we're just going to go stand and watch and see if Kade disappears uh, and see if the spicy ramen quest opens up. If it does, I will immediately conclude this question and answer session and we'll start it up. 
Uh, but again, it could be something later in the week. Geek and Gamer, what do you think about the PvE Redrix equivalent with a similar long quest for Gambit Ranks, Kills Invader, use of certain weapons? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Captain Caveman TTV, thank you so much, Captain Caveman, for the uh, the brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rageless. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. And a three-month resub from Monty, also using their Prime sub. Thanks, guys, for using your Prime subs here. A really, really long seasonal grind for an item like the Redrix, but in PvE would be freaking awesome, and I think it's needed. We touched on that last night in the uh, on the Rageous Roundtable. We touched on that last night. Optics 11. Someone said that the Spicy Ramen Quest is released today. Do you know if it's true? We're literally going to find out in 60 seconds. I'm heading over there right now to visit Cade to see if he disappears. So keep it here, guys. We're going to do the quest. We're going to do all the things. If it happens, it's going to be very exciting. Very, very exciting. It's 12.59. I'm on my way to Kate right now. KY Bowhunter is already over here. He's in the stream. He's one of the members of this community. And we're going to stand right here. We're going to stand right here. I'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode. Uh, and we'll keep going through the questions. But I'm going to conclude the episode for iTunes, uh, iTunes Spotify, Uh, YouTube, Google Play, if you're listening on those places. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.